you know there's nothing else you can do when you stand in the throne room of God? The angels who circle the throne, they don't, they don't say anything else except holy, holy, holy. They're in awe of a God who created all of heaven and earth, all of humanity, every creature, every plant. When you stand in his presence, you may think you know what to say, but really, when you stand before that throne room, sometimes you should say nothing. We worship you today, Father. We give you all the praise. For it's you. It's all about you. Jesus. The Lamb who is slain. There's not many humans that you can stand in awe of when you compare them to an almighty God. You might have a celebrity crush. You might think an athlete's amazing. But they can't touch what Jesus did on this earth. What he was led to do on the cross. Paying the price for each and every one of our lives. Hallelujah. We worship you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. We worship you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory. We magnify you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you're joining us on the podcast, as well as the broadcast even, welcome to Faith Life Preston. Those welcome in the building, nice to see some couple of new faces. Welcome. Hallelujah. I don't know. It's some. Maybe it's. I'm, I'm a. I'm a little bit an emotional person naturally, but when I stand, when I come up to this pulpit and the the worship singing and the, the music's playing, I. I I don't want to jump ship. Too often churches have been about changing gears from one gear to the next to the next gear just to get everyone sent home happy. But I just want to, I want to have a merry attitude sitting at the feet of Jesus. All the stuff in our lives that needs to be done just thrown aside and we just sit at the feet of Jesus hearing his word, hearing his spirit work through our lives and just sit there and just, I'm in awe of you, God. We give you all the praise today. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory. We magnify you. Jesus prayed this 
In John 17, verse 1, he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives everyone eternal life to each one who you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. Listen to this. This is the way to have eternal life. To know you. The only true God. And Jesus Christ. The one you sent to earth. You don't know somebody by shaking their hand and introducing yourself. You know someone by spending time with them. A husband and wife, their life only grows stronger as they spend time and they get to know each other. I, I, I heard an interesting, well, it's not interesting, it's probably well obvious to most of us guys, but the amount of uh, partners you have before marriage, and I won't go into details because there's children, but the, the more you have before marriage, the less likely your marriage will ever succeed. Because it's about coming together and separating, coming together and stripping, training yourselves. And some, in a lot of Christian circles, they will say this, before you get married, don't date different partners because you're just training yourself to break up consistently God has someone for you I didn't date 16,000 people before my, I met my wife didn't have time to, she was 16 and I was 19 when we met I wasn't a player and never have been but I walked past my wife and I knew exactly that I was to marry her it just dropped in me. She didn't get the same message. I don't know what she was doing, but took, took a bit of convincing, but that's okay. But when you know, you know. And that's what God wants for each and every one of us, to know him. Paul said, to know him. Yes, he said the power of his resurrection. Everyone wants to jump to the power bit. But to know him, to know him. To know him, all these children, my children, kids, know him. Your life depends on knowing him. These days, it's going to depend on knowing him. These last days, it's going to depend on knowing him. These last moments of time, is going to depend on knowing him. Your eternal life is secure, but you need to know him. Because when you want to walk in eternal life, there's a difference between having something and eating something. You can have a steak on your plate and never eat it and you'll never enjoy it you own the steak but until you eat it you won't enjoy it taste and see that the Lord is God oh taste and see that the Lord is God hallelujah sometimes we get spiritual but there's some things in the spirit that that involves the senses have you ever been around somebody and just smelt them and they smell off spiritually. You just know something's not right. In the natural, it can manifest. Why do we call it an unclean spirit? The people who have unclean spirits are usually unclean. The devil affects you and it manifests and overflows into the reality of life. Oh, the God that lives inside of me affects the children and the people around me. 
the things on the inside of me affecting my wife, the things on the inside of me affecting every single one of you. We will let the kids go out in a second. Don't worry. When the pads are playing, the kids stay in. It's like a musical countdown. They have to guess when they can go out. To know him and the power of his resurrection. If you want to know the power of his resurrection, you need to know him first. Well, as I said, welcome to church, everyone. We'll let the kids go out. Um, I do apologize for the technical difficulties. Louise, you might have to reset your computer and everything because we tried to use that. Um, the computer that we had, and I will not name the brand of it, completely died. <laughs> it just switched off. We tried rebooting it and it's completely dead. So the Apple computer that I love so much is dead. <laughs> died a death. Sacrificing uh, computers for the kingdom, eh? Hallelujah. Well, let the kids settle. We can take a deep breath when they, the door shuts. Well, it's good to see you all. How are you all? Well, this side's winning. Um, <laughs> not that I want to cause division in the church. I separate these um, chairs this, this much because you can start to see who likes each other and who doesn't, who sits in, in one group and who... No. Um, I like to have a bit of space, gives the camera guy a little bit of freedom. Well, it, it, it was interesting today. It's, it's when you have a kind of a, a long week and like a, a week that you kind of like get through and you think, great, it's church. And then all the technical stuff, people, people forget to plug things in, Mr. Elson. And then we got computers dying. Us, so it all happens all at once. So it's fun. But the Holy Ghost, this is what I love about the Holy Ghost. That's why we didn't have any lyrics on the screen. That's basically why I'm trying to, to, to kind of cover the bases. The Holy Ghost is wonderful. He lives on the inside of us. And if there's no words on a screen, if there's no words in a, a brochure to read or a hymnal, we should be able to worship him anyways. Our hearts should be poured, pouring out joy and life and victory. It's just a constant, continual challenge, not challenge, but life that's just bubbling up. I, I love spending time with people that have a bubble on the inside of them. Don't you, you want to spend time with people that Veronica can, is allowed to give me a hug because she carries joy. I try to run away from the hug because I'm not a huggy person, but I allow her to give me a hug because she's full of joy. Kaylee, full of joy. Christina, full of joy. I'm just naming names because I like, I like to, to remember everyone's name. <laughs> no, I'm not that bad. Hallelujah. Well... Let me get my notes out. Before we receive, give you an opportunity to give, Veronica's going to come up and tell us how to do that, but you have no QR code on the screen, so you can't say that today. <laughs> what are you gonna, I'm giving you five minutes to rethink what you have to say. Um, we've been starting a series last week, and, and I said it was about 20-part series. I don't know if it'll take that long. It might be longer. It might be quicker. And we're talking a little bit about something that is very unknown in the body of Christ. It's there, people operate in it, but very few people understand it and function it in a, in a very strong way. I would say definitely in this country, there's very limited people who understand this. There are plenty of people that operate in it. The people might operate in it naturally. People might walk in it uh, easily. 
and other people, it's a, it's a real struggle to try and fit into it. And I, I will let you know what it is in a minute. But we know that certain people operated in strong things like Benny Hinn was a, what was he? Known for miracle anointing, healing anointing. Brother Hagen, healing anointing, faith. There were things that certain ministers flow into very strongly, naturally, or God's trained them in it, or Roberts was, you know, something good's going to happen to you today. Amen. Miracles. Something awesome. And there's a real strong sense of, of certain individuals operating in certain ways. But this anointing that I'm talking about is, is one that has been resisted by the body of Christ because it feel, they feel that there's scripture verses in the Bible that contradict what I'm going to talk about. But it's simply the idea that we can operate and function under an anointing that involves our finances. And remember when I said less amens mean that I'm hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> so if you want me to stop talking about the subject, agree with me. But my point being was the financial anointing and the flow of finances in the body of Christ needs to be increased in these last days because you know the, the, the whole fact that inflation is going up, the whole fact that things are getting more expensive. To build a church, it's more expensive than it was maybe 10 years ago because let's talk to Kevin about his house and how wonderful the prices have gone up in the last few years just to build simple things. So as Christians, we cannot be living a life that goes, well, I've got a pay rise that matches inflation, I'm okay. If that's your goal, I, I, I never really understood finances, and I'm not sure I'm there yet. But when I was, I used to work at McDonald's years ago for seven years, and they'd give me a 2% pay rise or a 1.5% pay rise. And, and, and if it got 2%, it was amazing, versus a 1.5% pay rise, and I'm miserable. But when you actually factor it in, it's like two or three pound a month, if that. That's not increase that is necessary for what God needs to do in this last days. Amen. <laughs> why, why, does this, why does this cause so many problems? Because it actually puts pressure on you as an individual a little bit, if you're not careful, to go, actually, I can't stay where I am. You know, healing involves you and God and the Word. You can receive your own healing. For you to grow in finances, you actually have to have other people involved in your life. Yes. And that's what's difficult. Because if I believe in God for something, and Veronica, God's told Veronica to give me 500 pounds, and I'm using money, I'm using it very clearly and very... So you can comprehend it. This does go across the border. But if it was 500 pounds, that she needed to give me 500 pounds, and I'm sat here, right? I, I can turn my car on, but I need 500 pounds to go to where I'm going. I'm just, I could sit in my car and just, I, but I have to have 500 pounds to get to where And if Veronica never does that, am I ever going to get to where I'm going because I need that 500 pounds? No. I can't go out of the car and find it on the street. I can't do that. I'm relying on somebody else to be involved in my... It, let's look at it even more practical. McDonald's. If nobody went to McDonald's, would they still be around? No. They need somebody to buy something from them. If you're in business, you need somebody else to buy your product. Many Christians like to make bookmarks or little knitted things, and they think that they're going to change the world by their little knitted bookmarks, but they have no idea about business. 
So their little bookmark goes on the back table of a church and sells for 50p and they may sell three a month, but that ain't going to change the kingdom of God. There's something called the financial anointing and a flow of finances that we can step into and operate into and it actually gets a hold of us and works with us as a group of people, thank God. I'm including you all in this. I can't do this without you. Now, I can preach by myself. I'm pretty good at preaching by myself. I've done it for years because no one would come. So when, if there was nobody in this room, and there, even if the cameras was on and nobody was watching, I could preach a message. But that message would die into nothingness because nobody's receiving from it. So I need you just as much as you need me. Now, you may think, well, actually, Andy, I could do it better than you. We don't actually need you. Well, you can vote on that later. And I won't come back if you vote me out. I'll cry. I'm not going anywhere now. Don't worry. Elsa won't let me. So that's one on my side. It's going to be unanimous. So the financial flow and anointing is what we're talking about. And that's what we did a bit of an introduction last week. And I'm going to talk about 20 laws that will hook you up. And what I'm really doing, before we have the opportunity to give, this isn't about me trying to get a bigger offering. Because as we've said before, if your income increases, what happens to the tithe? It increases. So I'm not trying to pull like, like a dentist with, a, with, a, with pliers and pull money out of you. That's not, if that's what it feels like, don't, don't give. You know what I mean? If, that's what, if, if you really feel that somebody's trying to pull money from you, and this has been manipulated before, this has been abused before, this has been, uh, people have tried to get money out of people, and they've, they've had offerings when the worship is the best moment, and they know that everyone's really amazing, they're loving God at that moment, so now's the time to get, get an offering. People have done things like that in the past, and this is where it's put people off. Well, this is why we're teaching about this and talking about this. So the first law... If you're taking notes, I don't know if anyone takes notes from me because they can't keep track. I know Jenny does. Jenny does, don't you? The law of positive outlook. I didn't say the law of giving. I didn't say anything about talking about getting anything off you. I'm talking about the law of positive outlook. If you were going to operate in any form of financial flow or increase with your talents, with your abilities, or anything like that, you must understand this first law. You cannot be negative in your thinking. If Frankie Nelson, for example, I'll pick on them because they're the only ones on the front row. I only go two rows back, so if you're behind the two rows, you're okay, you're safe. If they have a goal to buy a house in the next five years, and they're struggling with it, and they're trying to figure out how to, to get it, but if they only ever look and think, right, okay, we've only got a thousand pounds coming in every month, but we need three thousand pounds, but we've only got a thousand pounds, we've only got a thousand pounds, and all they're thinking about is, how do we pay our bills this month, how do we pay our bills next month, how do we pay our bills, the goal of getting to three thousand pounds that they need is never going to happen because their mentality is constantly about all they have. That's all that, that's, that's where they are. They have to shift their thinking. As a man thinks, so he is. So the law of positive outlook is simply looking to the future that you're aiming for and maintaining a vision that says, I'm going to succeed and have victory no matter what it looks like. That's simply as it is. 
Some, day, some days, even on a Sunday morning, I have to get up and say, it's going to be good no matter what it looks like. It's going to turn around for good no matter what it looks like. I have to determine within myself that despite whoever comes to the church or whoever doesn't come to the church, whatever happens, technology, people not plugging things in, words not working, it's going to come out to good. It's good. God favors me because he favors. I favor his righteous cause. He favors me. I'm looking after the kingdom. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. And all these things are being added to it. If you read your Bible, this is why I find it really strange when people struggle with these messages. They, don't, they, they almost feel like, God, what? God wants to heal me? Okay, yeah, he, he, I know he can heal me, but he wants to heal me. He actually will heal me today. I can actually receive it right now. I, I don't understand that because if you look in this Bible, there's, there's really very limited, if you can prove it to me another way, but everything that God and Jesus did is like, here, Elson, here's something. Here, here Jeremy, here's something. I'm giving you something. I'm, I'm giving you my son. And then I give you every spiritual blessing that, that is under, under the heaven. Every spiritual blessing that's under heaven. He's not trying to withhold from us. So James said it this way, a double-minded man will receive what? So if you're receiving nothing, what could you possibly be in a situation of? You could possibly be double-minded. So that, how do you fix that? Become single-minded. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, it's not difficult. It's like children. Dad said no, so I'll go ask my mom. It's as simple as that. If something's not working, you can fix it. There's nothing in this world, really, that, you, that if it's broken, can't be fixed. There's, some, there's some, somebody in the world will have an idea on how to fix what you've broken. You may think there's no one in the UK, but you go to, to another country and they can fix it. Communists, uh, if you go to Cuba, it's a, it's a wonderful example. In, in communist countries, you go to these countries that they have never had any American capitalism put into them. They fix everything because they can't get anything from anywhere. They can't get a new car, so they fix it. And you've got cars that lasting hundreds of years old. Do you know that light bulbs actually, can, they, when they invented light bulbs, I'm trying not to make this sound like a conspiracy theory, but when they invented light bulbs, light bulbs lasted for like years. There's actually a, a light bulb that's still been switched on for about 100 years. And they actually had a meeting. All the light bulb people had a meeting and said, this doesn't work, this doesn't work with our finance. We have to change the way we make light bulbs so they don't last as long. And if you don't change it, we're going to come after you. So they had a meeting. And they decided that we need to. That's why your light bulbs don't last more than three weeks. And I, the, the new ones, these LED ones or whatever, we, we started buying them. I was like, what? They, they don't last six months. They're supposed to last forever. It's a lie. Why, why is your car made of plastic? All these bits in, in the car made of plastic. Because they know that if something lasts forever, you don't have to buy another thing. They know, you know, that sounds conspiracy theories. They, those people in the background, they, they, they plan the world and they make it so that things don't. But you see, God makes things that last eternal. So everything that's on the inside of you regarding finances is eternal. Given it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, shall 
and running over shall men give into your bosom. It's an eternal thing. But do you notice what it says, men give into your bosom? I can't manufacture money or I will be very quickly in prison. Me and Pastor Joel don't have like a, a, a banking system in the back of Faith Live Manchester that just prints notes. God uses people because they, he wants, what did I say, the financial anointing. What's the anointing? If I was to anoint Jeremy with a bottle of oil, and he's got a beard, so it's great. So you can just you like pour it off, and it just go down his beard. And they, when they used to do the old priest, didn't they just like dump the whole thing on and just soak them and cover them? That's what an anointing means. What does water baptism mean? Immersion, fully immersion. God wants to immerse you with everything so that it's just a flow. Amen. You know, the, the woman who ran out of little vessels, they, she was pouring the vessels out. When did she run out of oil? When the vessel stopped. So if we are continually connected to somebody who is continually filled, God doesn't run out of stuff. God doesn't run out of anointing. God doesn't run out of love. Doesn't run out of healing. It's just a flow. That's why he uses people, because it continues the flow. If Jeremy was my provider, maybe he had to go into a partnership with me and gave me 300 pounds a month, and then he just died. I'd have no, no, no 300 pounds a month. But then Caroline would go, oh, well, you know what? He's my husband. I agree with that. I'm going to keep the flow going. Flow. I was talking about me and money. I, I, I do like to give money too, so I'm not expecting it. It's, I'm not trying to get it from you. I, I will give it back. Don't worry. But God, the, the, the anointing for finances has got to have this one fundamental thing, positive outlook. And 99% of Christians give up just before the answer is going to come through. God is not mocked. Be not deceived, for in due time, due season, you shall reap. I tried tithing for three weeks, and God didn't open up the windows of heaven to pour me out a blessing. Well, this is what Mark 11, 22 and 23 is talking about. You have what you say. So the minute you said, God doesn't open up the windows of heaven, you shut them right back down. Flow. Habits. Why is it? It's, it's consistency. In consistency, the things grow. Consistency, things multiply. In consistency and faithfulness, faithfulness, that wonderful word, word that we all love, faithfulness and diligence and patience. But those are the people that break through to the other side. Those are the people that see the great response that God, God's got for them. It's the ones who are faithful and consistent and faithful and consistent and diligent and diligent and diligent. They don't go up, they don't come down. They don't go up, they don't come down. They just stay the same. My wife is a much better example of that than I am. Her emotions are much more like that. When I, we first got married, I was... I'm, I am better. I am slightly better. It's not so many peaks. It's more of a little valleys and hills. But emotions will play a part in this, and this is where the, the, the positive outcome, and, and, I, I, and let's be really silly and practical, if you really want to have a positive outlook, why don't you just get yourself a board that, that, and just label it vision board and put some pictures on it? And then just, look, oh, that's what I'm going for. That's what I remind, my, I remind myself, that's what I'm after. That's what I'm believing God for. That's what, it's just a simple thing. The world will do that in a heartbeat. 
And I'm not saying you have to do that. But I'm just saying you want to create an environment that every time you walk into an office space or into your family or into your church, that your life is just filled with positive vibes, if you like. I'm going very uh, 1970s hippie movement. Positive vibes. Of course, that's garbage. We're not, we're not looking for a vibe. We're, we're, just, we're just being faithful to the things that God said that he would do. God said he'd do it for you. So the financial anointing, we're going to delve into a heck of a lot more um, laws, different laws. But this first one, I want you to get this, positive outcome. People who struggle in finances are usually negative people. And I'm pointing all of the fingers at me. When I've struggled, my attitude drops. You feel the pressure. You feel the pressure. I mean, my son Lewis was, is quizzing me all the time of what cameras I've owned. And obviously, I own a nice camera now, and, and he wants his own camera and, and stuff like that. And he, he says, oh, did you own this camera? And he said, oh, yes, I did used to have that. When I sold it because I needed to pay for a mortgage payment. So I've been there. I've been where it's been tough. But there's a flow of finances that God wants us each and every one to get to. And it's not limited to anything but our own thinking. The devil wants you to go through hard times. Listen to this. So that you forfeit your joy and you forfeit your positive outlook. When you're going through a tough time and it's difficult and your joy drops, what happens to when joy drops, what do you lose? Strength. No joy, no strength. No strength. You're going to struggle to have positive outlook. You're just going to go into depression mode. And what you do is you exchange your strength for a negative and defeated outlook. That is not what we want to achieve in our life, is it? We want to have that positive Go for it attitude. Joseph, what did he do? He maintained his attitude through everything. Daniel, what did he do? He fell asleep in the midst of lions. That's going to be a quite a positive outlook. If you had a negative outlook, you'd be on your guard. You'd be finding something on the ground to see the thing. But it was, notice something here. It went back to what I was talking about, differences in anointings. If Samson had been dropped into that, 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 that lion's den, what would happen? He'd have ripped all the lion's heads off. And Daniel just went down and just fell asleep. Difference in anointings. The three Hebrews thrown into a fire, what did they do? They met the fourth man. Amen. Their positive outlook. You know, let's, let's get thrown into the fire. Let's have a campfire <laughs> within the fire. This is pretty much what they did, isn't it? Hallelujah. So you have nothing to fear. You have only the glory of God to look forward to and God's manifest presence in your life. Being focused 100% on positive outcome removes the distraction of defeat. That's a biggie. 
Your 100% focus on positive outcome will remove the distraction of, of defeat. You give, you know there's a harvest. You invest, you know your talents will multiply. You start to know, you start something and you know that you can finish it. You are at the bottom, but you know you're going up. God will see to it and he will see to your success. Victory is fully yours. Hallelujah. You might not hear that preached in every single church across the nation, but glory to God, it makes me want to jump and shout. You know, I can start feeling the Holy Ghost in my feet. Because that's it, isn't it? That's, the, that's, that's it, isn't it? That is it. Victory. Victory. I have in Jesus Christ. I'm not going to start singing, but I could. Victory. I have in Jesus Christ. That's about all I know. <laughs> that song. Come on, Caroline. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to ask Veronica to come up. But the financial anointing is something that I desire for every one of us to step into in a higher level. Break it down. Finances to break the yoke, remove burdens. Blessed to be a blessing. So when we operate in that... The joy of the Lord is our strength, and we're just going to see some great things happen. So, Veronica, you come up and share. Can share the scripture? Of course, you can. Yeah. Okay. Touchline: <laughs> Blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. I was um, looking um, just up the blessings of Abraham, and I came across seven supernatural blessings that God wants to release to those who honor him. And one of them was financial abundance. And it took me to Joel 2.24. Well, starting at 21. Um, and it says, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field. The open pastures are springing up, and the trees bear its fruit. The, the fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down on you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. That's the blessings that we have. God doesn't need our money. God has Every, he is everything that we need. We have nothing that he needs, so he doesn't need our money, but God does want our hearts, and our hearts, we are blessed to be a blessing. So this morning, we want to give you the opportunity to be blessed by giving, by your tithes and your offering. So there's no QR code, so I'll try and remember this from memory. Um, you can't go to the QR code because it's not on the screen, but you can go to www.faithlife forward slash Preston, click on give, or you can do it by bank transfer, you can do it online, or you can do it in the buckets, or you can do it by the little machine at the back of the, the room, which is very easy. You just swipe it. Um, so yes, that's how we can give today. But let's just, just remember the God that we serve. He is a faithful God. He says, you know, would our God withhold anything from his children? 
If we ask him for bread, would he give us a stone? No. Our God has given us everything. He continues to give us everything. Let's just thank him this morning. Father God, we just thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing in our lives, for the provision that comes from you, Father God. As we pour out, you continue to pour in. We cannot outgive you, Father. So we just thank you for every heart here this morning who wants to give. We thank you for the seeds that are sown. They will come back hundredfold. We thank you, Father God, that these seeds will be sown into good soil so that your word can be shed, shared every, to the four corners of the earth. So we just thank you, Father, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Well, in the time that I've left, I just want to trust God with some things that God's going to say and talk to us and through. Just agree with me um, that as we continue to press into the things of God in Preston, that life in this church continues to grow. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father God. Hallelujah. Did you get better on that, guys? Um, <laughs> hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Let's just open up in prayer. This, I'm just getting myself tuned into the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father God. We worship you and we magnify you. We thank you so much that there are people who are willing to, to give into your ministry, to give into what you have, have done for our lives and given to the, the church and given to everything that we've done. And thank you, Father God, that you are moving mightily in this place, that we open up this floor to the Holy Spirit. We open up to the words of the Heavenly Father through the written word, through the Spirit of God. And we thank you, Father, that you speak clearly and correctly. I thank you, Father God, that prayers are answered in this place today, that solutions come today. Hallelujah. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you so much for what you've done and what you are doing. And we give you all that praise and glory today in the name of Jesus. Well, open your Bibles. To Habakkuk 3.3. If you can find it in 30 seconds, I'll give you a sweet. No phones allowed. I can't find it. Right, table of contents it is. <laughs> it's one of those ones that I can find it on my phone quickly, but when I actually have to turn to it. 14.05. In my Bible. So Habakkuk 3, verse 3. This is entitled Habakkuk's Prayer. I love these scripture verses in these. Have you ever uh, read through Ezekiel and um, Isaiah and things like that? When, he starts to, when they start to describe God, um, it gets really quite 
amazing and wonderful and joyous when you start to just look at the word and what he's saying. And he says here in, in verse 3, I see God moving across the deserts from Edom, the Holy One coming from Mount Paran. His brilliant splendor fills the heavens and the earth is filled with his praise. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. Pestilence marches before him. Plagues follow close behind. When he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. He shatters the everlasting mountains and levels the eternal hills. He is the eternal one. What it says nicely in there in verse 4, his coming as brilliant as the sunshine. Rays of light flash from his hands. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46. Should be easier to find this one. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. It says in the King James, and the Lord, by the hand of the Lord, God gave strength to Elijah. The hand of the Lord. Out of his hands flash rays of light. Out of his hands come healing. Out of his hands are, are, are power to equip you. 11, Numbers 11.23, it says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. Luke 11 verse 20 says this, But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come unto you. There's something about hands in the Bible. There's something about touching somebody else in the Bible. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Hands are, are synonymous also in the Bible. The hand of the Lord is often uh, talked about when it deals with provision. The hand of the Lord comes along somebody and provides for them. I'm working with Pastor Joel's devotional this week and talks about the hands of the Lord. And if you, if you, if you've got, if you read it this week, that's the subject matter. But the hands of the Lord is, is such a wonderful example or um, image of somebody from heaven who wants to connect with humanity. What do we do in, 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 in every circumstance when we talk to meet somebody new? Christina comes in and shakes my hand every Sunday morning. We shake hands. We connect. Blood covenants are cut with what was the hands. They cut the slice. They take a prick of the finger or they mix blood. The hands, the connection. The hands of Jesus were, were filled with love and, and they, just, they just ministered love. While I might not naturally love hugs, when someone gives me a hug and they wrap their arms around you feel the warmth and the joy. The hands of God. The hands of God moving on the face of this earth. You see, it says in the Bible that God will move over all of humanity to find one person in faith. His hand will be outstretched to that person with faith. His hand is, is able to lift you up from the bottom of the hill, bottom of the dunghill, and place you into the place of kings and princes, it says in Proverbs. 
God is moving in your life. God is moving in every single one of your life in this place. And there's things, he's not, uh, there's, a, there's a Metallica song called Master of Puppets. I don't know if, you've, if you know it, if, you, if you're not secular, you might not have a clue what I'm talking about. There's a song about Master of Puppets, of a, and it's all about like, somebody controlling everything that's going on. God's not doing that with his hands. God's just lifting you up to release you. God wants you to be lifted up and put on your feet to be released into society, into, into your workplace, into your job, into, into everything you do so that your hands can be an extension of his hands. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and lay hands on the sick is a command so that you become an extension of what he has planned for humanity. Your, your life is an extension of what God would declare in the heavens. God doesn't have to come down and start shaking mountains. What he has to do is just sit there and rule and laugh. That's what, it says, what he says in the Bible. He just laughs. Have you ever gone to a, people's houses and your family and you, you might be the person that does it. I'm not the person that does it, I don't think. You just go to the dinner table and there's just somebody at that dinner table that just laughs all the time. That's God. Just laughing, laughing, ha, 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 he, 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 ho, ho, ho. He's just, he doesn't, he doesn't take. This is what's so interesting about double-minded people. Going back to James, you're receiving nothing from God. Because if you go, if somebody comes into your, into your house and they, they're laughing and they're joyful, oh, dad, you love me, you're amazing. You, this is, my kids do this to me all the time. You, you're amazing, dad, you're wonderful. And then the next two minutes later, I hate you, you're, you're evil, you're the worst parents in the whole world. world. Do I really like, want to like, wrap that child up with, and give them a big hug and, and, and love on them when they're saying, calling you fat and all the stuff that they love to call you. Maybe my kids need to work on some things. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit loose. Jack will insult you before you breathe. <laughs> but I'm, I, I, I'm aware of his humor. Lewis tries to do it. He tries to be sarcastic. I'm a bit sarcastic myself. And he tries to do it. It just sometimes comes out horribly wrong. And I'm like, Lewis, just chill out, man. <laughs> just a bit too much, too far, too far. But you see, double-mindedness will take you in a different direction every single time. And gosh, you, people who are double-minded must be so tired and weary. Have you ever been weary? Because one minute you're up and the next minute you're down, and one minute you're up and the next minute you're down. God's power is on the inside of you to keep you up, to strengthen you, and to keep you on that top wave. Uh, Brother Hagin says it this way. He wants to ride the wave of glory until it's running out. But he doesn't wait till it runs out and then stands on the shore and turns around and looks at all the wonderful waves. He says, no, I want to get on the next wave. And then I want to get on the wave after that. I want to keep riding the waves until Jesus Christ himself comes back. Many denominations stop and get onto the beach and then turn around and wonder why everyone else moved on and, and going into different waves. The wave of his presence, the wave of his joy, operating and functioning as an extension of Father God on this earth. It must be the best thing that you could possibly do as a human being. To be an extension of Heavenly Father on this. I don't think the penny's dropping this morning. 
It is. The penny's dropped. You are an extension. And I, I, if you look at David on the camera now, we always use him as an example because I could see him. But he, that camera is actually an extension of David's vision. You could take the camera away and he could follow me with his eyes. But the camera is actually an extension of his, it's a tool to be used to improve the, the vision that he has so that that vision can be communicated to the rest of the world through a live stream, through a broadcast, through a recording. Me and you are extensions of God's vision on this earth. That will preach. God has a vision for your life. You know, when we go back to the financial anointing, talking about the law of positive outlook, God's outlook on your life is glorious. See, me and you, we, 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 we see what we see. I see clouds. I see a bit of greenery out there. I see winter coming. That's what I see in the natural. But God sees something on the inside of each and every one of you that would actually, if you would let it just out, if, it, if you would just let yourself go and let yourself be cast into the arms of love, if you would let him fill you up to overflowing, the effectiveness that you have on this earth will drastically increase. Now you could say, well, I'm giving enough. I've done enough. I, and God, why do you always want more? Because you know as a human being, you may be physically limited. There's only a certain amount of weight that I can lift. Even if I keep training for the rest of my life, I'm probably never going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone. Have you seen some of these guys? Sylvester Stallone right now looks amazing for his age. But he's kept it consistent. He's been disciplined and he's been faithful. The message is still the same. But I'm probably never going to get to some of the peak levels of athleticism as other people because I am limited and I'm not capable. I'm never going to be able to play football for a professional team, even a lower division team, because my capacity to play football is limited. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I have no desire to do it. But there's a place of maxing out in the physical. There's a place of maxing out in your mental. You may be amazing at maths, but you may get to a certain point in your maths um, knowledge that you just can't fit any more in. So that's why some people are doctors and some people are lawyers and some people are mechanics. There's a limit to what they can practically do. But spiritually, you know, you have no limit. There is nothing on the inside of you that's restricting you. And when you allow your mind and your body to connect to your spirit, there is nothing that you cannot do. You may come to the maximum of where you need to be in your life, in your job, in your situation, and there's a solution that you need. You need to get, go that one step. And without God, you're never going to do that. But with God, you see, Elijah ran past chariots, but he didn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He didn't, he didn't run like Hussein Bolt. But he had the hand of God on, the, on, his, on his, mo his life for a moment. And he achieved something that a chariot could not do. For one moment, you need the hand of God. For one moment, you need the anointing of God. For one moment, you need something that will propel you beyond exactly where you're at. The step that you need to take. You're just there. You're there. You can't, you can't physically make it. You know, if you, ever, if you ever see people who freeze on these, these tight ropes or, or these, these like, like Louise who we tried to do go ape with her. And it's a go ape is like a climbing thing, you know. She just 
froze. She just couldn't go any further. She just didn't like the heights. But then the hand of the Lord could come upon you and it just takes you one step to the next step. This is why faith is so exciting. This is why joy is so amazing. This is why the anointing of God is so burning, removing yoke, destroying it and could just creates freedom on the inside of you because you can take one step after the next step and suddenly you look behind and you've achieved great things for God. That's the joy of living in this life. This isn't a three steps to have an amazing like a marriage sermon. But with the hand of God, I can tell you the worst marriage could be turned around upside down and made the best. With the hand of God, that child who has rebelled and fight, fought you and frustrated you for all your life will turn, be turned around and, and in moments he could be back in the kingdom. You see, we try and do things without the hand of God. We try and wrestle we try and wrestle. What was getting me strongest in the, in the prayer this morning was there are people who are wrestling. Stop the wrestling. The time for wrestling is over. The time for release is upon us. The time for turning it over to him is upon us. The time for letting him come alongside you. The Holy Ghost who prays, who comes alongside you, flows through you so that you pray things that you know not what to say, but you pray them with groanings and travail that you don't know how to do it. You don't know what to do but it comes through you it comes through with you with a passion and a, and, a, and a flow and it hits you in your gut but you get through there and then suddenly the hand of God sweeps alongside you and you achieve things in five minutes that you could not do in 300 years God wants to do some things in this church suddenly 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 because I tell you if Jesus is coming back in a thief like a thief in a night we're not going to know. It's just going to... If he can do that with Jesus, he can do that with everything else in your life. Suddenly, like a thief in the night, suddenly the money's there. Like a thief in the night, suddenly the healing manifests. Like a thief in the night, promotion comes, favor comes. Life is joyful again. But it's going to come back to degree of glory to glory to glory. Step by step, each day walking by faith. Louise will never let us sing that song. But we used to sing it all the time in the church, each day. You know that one? I can't, I can't, I'm not a singer. I need to learn how to sing. Please help me, God. Each day by faith. I don't know. Yeah, no, you guys are not very helpful when it comes to songs. You just like, look at me and let me fail. <laughs> You don't know it. Come on. Well, you're not Christians. You, you get off the front row. You don't know it. Well, you, you, you guys know it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each day we take a step of faith. And if we don't, what are we taking steps into? Do we, we, we like to preach a message that says each day we take a step of faith, each day we take, but when we don't, what are we doing? We're not in faith if we're walking, yeah. taking a step that isn't faith, we're not in faith. What does the Bible say about not being in faith? Sin. People don't like that. Holly, you're in sin when you're not in faith. Is that a nice thing to say? <laughs> it's like, it's, I'm, a, I'm a one of those pastors that you love to hate. Because I don't want your life to fall apart. 
I don't want your life, I want you to make better decisions every week. I want my life to be better. I want to go from one degree of glory to another. And if I'm preaching it to you, you better believe that God's dealt with me about it first. I may not preach with a load of notes and preparation and, and, and scripted everything down and all that kind of stuff. But I tell you, when I'm, when I'm pouring out of my heart, it's come from something that God's already dealt with me. Because the reality is, if we cannot have a positive outlook and a joyful outlook and a wonderful uh, connection with a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we are not going to succeed in these last days. If you are in, a, in an environment that your mentality is like, I'm going to borrow more money because I need to get out of this hole, and then I'm going to have to borrow some more money to get out of that hole. If, I'm, if you're constantly in debt, if you're constantly trying to access the world system to try and support a spiritual lifestyle, the world system will collapse, and it will crush your chance to be supported spiritually. God wants to do this right he didn't send Jesus to half-ass it, if you like. Jesus didn't do half a job. It wasn't Charlie who, who, who washed, you know, when you, when you get the window cleaner and, and you see streaks coming down one window. One window looks great, but the other one's still streaky because they just didn't bother to do both. Happens regularly down my street. <laughs> I remember my, my father-in-law but it's obviously we know he's passed away lately um, and my mother-in-law they had a window cleaner and he just he was so bad but they had no heart to sack him like he turned up with dirty water dirty dith cloths he was drunk half the time and just just like he did that you, you, you've probably never been there when you've seen him he's just there you just look at him and just sack him already but this guy you just look like if you just sacked him you would have just like his whole life would have fallen apart Jesus didn't come to do, ha, ha, ha. He did not come with dirty rags to clean your sin off you and smudge it all around and make your life just a little bit clear. Oh, I can see through the gaps in the dirt now. No, he came with whitewashed rags. He came pure as snow. He was the lamb that was without blemish, who was laid before the foundation of time, before everything. He was there and saying, I will do it. I will pay the price. I will allow myself to die, go to hell, be destroyed, and be raised back up so that each and every single one of us could have an outcome of our life that is victorious and successful. If my child jumped in front of a car to save my life, I would always honor his memory, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? You would never forget that child. Jesus died for you. And he died for you. This is what it irritates me when people talk about poverty and, and talk about God may or may not do something for you. No, God is either yes and amen, or you're not listening to what he's saying. God doesn't say no. He just says yes, yes, yes. If, he, if there's a, 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 a kind of like no answer, it's probably because you're not answering the, asking the right question. You're not going the right direction. You're double-minded. You're not walking in faith. So you're not going to get a no because there's no no in God. It's always yes and amen. My promise is well, you're, if you're sitting there trying to get something from God and it isn't working, maybe you're not standing on his promises. His promises will produce every single time. Yes and amen. So be it. That's the life we lead. That's the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 
That's how the God kind of faith in Mark 11 works. Mountain moving faith works, but do we move any mountains in our life? It's a big question to ask. Are the mountains that were there 10 years ago still there? Are the mountains that are 20 years ago still there? Something's wrong if they are. Jerry Savelle says it this way, there's been many people in the Word of Faith message and after 40 years, nothing has changed. Something is wrong. Something, there's a disconnect, something. The Word works. How many times does the Word work? Every single time. We're not working it. If you're trying to batter an egg by looking at it, it isn't going to work. You have to get the utensils and beat the egg. Random. <laughs> Very random, that. But if you're not functioning correctly, I've put petrol in my diesel car before. Uh, don't get me started on that. I was very unhappy with the, the Shell garage station because it was green for both, and I just picked up a green one and put it in, and it just, it, yeah, picked the wrong one. Got home, thank God. <laughs> but then when I started the engine again, it wasn't working. Now, this is why I buy Volvo because all they did was drain it and clean it and it kept working. Your Mercedes-Benz ain't gonna survive that. You're dead, your engine's gone. <laughs> your electric one definitely wouldn't survive a bit of diesel, would it? <laughs> well, your electric one won't survive the apocalypse, the, uh, anything, a flood. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Where am I going with all this? Uh, the foundation for your life is that word of God consistency. Step by step by step. But expect some suddenlies in the middle of that. Expect to connect with something special. Expect to go on the motorway and be able to speed up. Don't get stuck on the A roads and the B roads. Expect for God to take you and propel you, to give you some favor in your life. Positive outlook. It all works together, doesn't it? Whether it's money or healing or victory in other areas of relationship, positive outlook. If a marriage has negative outlook, it's not going to survive. You can pray as much as you like, but if that husband or that wife says, I don't want to be with that other person, it's going to end at some point. Because their mind has been renewed to the negative. If you allow your mind to be renewed to the word of God, there's nothing you can't do. Hallelujah. There are people in this room who need to be propelled supernaturally. Some, there are people in this room who just need to be faithful. And with the faithfulness will come the propulsion. The rabbit and the hare both finished the race. I think. They should have done. One got there faster, one got there slower. I don't care, I don't know which one, I can't remember, I don't really care about the story, but my point is, if you're going in a straight line and you both get to the end of the line, you both win. Some may take a bit slower, some may get there a bit quicker, who cares? Because we press towards the mark of the high calling in Jesus Christ. The high calling in Jesus Christ, Elson. The high one. Reach for the height of God. Hallelujah, I'm glad we can have fun in church. I'm glad we can be joyful in church. I'm glad I'm not getting up going, oh, guys, I don't know if we're going to make it next week. I just don't know. Frankie, help me. Pray for me, please. 
I'm called, I'm called of God, but I don't really believe it. When we get Kaylee going, we know we're on a... On a The things of God are special and wonderful, but they're taking you somewhere. Hallelujah. This church is going somewhere. Hallelujah. We are effective in what we're doing. The assignment is pure. The assignment is correct. We're walking in the right place, and I give God all the glory for it. Well, I'm going to take my key out of the car engine now and, and just rest for a minute. Because we could keep going for another hour and a half, I'm sure. And Veronica's waiting for the days of uh, extended meetings, aren't you? But I know the kids' workers would, do not like me, and, and I live with the, one of the kids' workers, so um, I'd like to keep her happy. Um, but just remember this simple thing. These, I, 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 don't tend, I try not to preach complicated. I really hope I don't preach complicated. I talk about steak and eggs and McDonald's and cars and stuff like that that are simple because I want you guys and me to hear this message. I, li- I go back and listen to these messages to stir myself up. I'm like Jesse DePlantis now. He's good. I'll give, I'll give to his ministry because I am passionate about seeing a victorious shout rise from the body of Christ across this nation. Preston shall be saved, as Reinhardt used to say about Africa. We need Preston to be saved just as much as we need Bolton or Southport or wherever. Thank God for what he's doing in this place. Well, Father God, we praise you. We lift your name on high. We thank you so much. We give you all all the glory. We magnify you. Thank you. Cement this word into our hearts. Cement the power of the word of God into our hearts. Remind us, Holy Spirit, you were called. You were, you were a person that was placed inside us to remind us of what your word says. And we just receive that today. And as we go about our, our jobs, our, our careers, and, and everything that's going on, we know that, God, there will be some suddenlies this week. There will be some changes this week. There will be some upsteps this week. There's promotion this week. There's things that relationships can be restored this week. Hallelujah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we open it up for your move. We open it up for the move of the Holy Ghost. We open up the angels to be doing our work for us. We call in the finances that we need. We thank Thank you, Father God, that growth comes. Growth is here. Growth lives on the inside of us. We are maximizing everything that we have from you. We are maximizing your word. We're maximizing your spirit. We thank you the angels are working. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we're called to be a blessing. We thank you, Father God, that we are blessed and we are empowered to prosper. We are powerful to get wealth in this place. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father God. This week is a week of victory and a week of triumph. This week is a week of joy. This week is a shouting week. This is a week where we have a skip in our step. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We magnify you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. You are the one who sits on the throne and laughs. They're our enemies. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Our enemies are under our feet. And we give you glory for it. Thank you, Jesus. We magnify you, and we give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Frankie, if you can come and close the service off. Hallelujah. Just hold on. Praise you, Father. 
See, there is something that has happened in your life that maybe, perhaps, isn't correct. And you've tried to wrestle your way out of it. You've tried to fight off the chains. You've tried to fight off what, what you've wrestled with the situation, with the people, with the, the natural, with the things. There's something that's tried to bind you and, and almost held your hands together. But you see what those things are held together with. They're not chains. They're paper. And all you have to do is stand up and shake it off because the power of the God that I serve, the power of the name of Jesus, the, the, the blood of Jesus enables you to stand up and release. No more wrestling in this place. No more fighting in this place. No more struggling in this place. We break it in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is supreme. The name of Jesus is the name above all names. The name of Jesus brings it all to pass. Hallelujah, and we give you praise, and we give you glory, and we magnify you today. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Frankie.